You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Woman Abroad, and the Irish Film Festival, which normally runs in the spring, is running a documentary series this year, uh, Irish Films Festival Ottawa Docs and Shorts Fest. And it runs from the 5th to the 7th of November. It's a virtual festival, so it's documentaries and shorts, and you can get all the information you need at Irish Film Festival uh, website. And the films are when they are shown, what happens is they are made available on the 5th of November, I think it's at 5pm, but then you select your own time when you want to watch them and they're available for a period of time. We're all across Canada for a number of days. So when you buy your ticket, as I say, it's not that you have to sit down at a particular time. You can go in and you can stream at the time that suits you. And uh, Anya Turrell has Irish Troubadour. And uh, the other film, which we're going to talk about now, is Untold Secrets. And Untold Secrets is the work of Teresa Levine. And she trained as a Stanislavski actress or actor, sorry, in Bilbao in Spain from 1992. And she moved to Ireland to continue her acting training in 1997, where she trained in the Focus Theatre in Dublin with Deirdre O'Connell. And for three years, was full-time in Bolali, and she's trained the Meisner technique, both in London and Dublin, with former Meisner student Scott Williams. She's acting coach for this technique, and she has also trained with, for the past 20 years, she has worked as an actor, director, producer, and writer. She started her career in RTE, Don't Feed the Gondolas, with Ferdia Makana, and she produced and directed several plays, including Stuart Parker award-winning Wild Boy Gospel. She has also written plays, and now she is in the movie business, and she has worked, as we say, both as an actor in Ireland and in Spain. And her latest work is a documentary piece, Untold Secrets. Teresa, thanks a million. Gromila Margaret, tough all your hope. It's great that you, you have me here. I'm, I'm delighted to, to be able to talk to you. <laughs> Excuse me. Untold Secrets is a difficult story being told by the people who experienced the difficult stories and focuses on Anne Silk. To put the um, initial blurb on it for those who would not know, uh, there are a lot of similarities, first of all, between the Irish experience and the Canadian experience. But what you're talking about are, uh, and talking to are women who were the victims of abuse of one form or another. So do you want to elaborate on what you focused on? Yeah, I, well, I started working on that piece over five years ago when I was investigating the treatment of women that had babies who died, you know, so it was stillborn babies. And while I was researching that piece, I realized that the treatment to women that were uh, out of wedlock was different to the ones that were married. So uh, the ones that were out of wedlock, they would be punished in several ways, like, uh, for instance, giving them pitch 
pictures, like post-mortem pictures of their babies, you know, that, that are horrendous as keepsakes. So that would be a punishment so they wouldn't get pregnant again. Uh, and that really horrorized me, like, you know, and then in the midst of it, uh, I, well, I, I, I found out about the 796 babies that were, that were found in, in Chuam in the septic tank, and uh, I had the opportunity to meet Kathleen Corliss. I was at the time back in college and I was working on my final college uh, project and I asked her if I could interview her and she did, she agreed to the interview so I went and visited her and but she gave me a lot of information and she put me in touch with uh, PJ Haverty which is one of my contributors and then PJ subsequently uh, put me in touch with uh, Anne Silk and uh, Walter Francis and Carmel Larkin and that was in 2019. Uh, when I met Anne then and I interviewed her, she was quite upset because she was after trying to to bring Mark Lee to court for the beatings that he had inflicted on her. But he died uh, two weeks in, according to her. So he never get com- he never got convicted of his crimes. So it was very fresh because Mark Kilali passed in December 2018 and I interviewed Anne in 2019. So it it was quite fresh for her and she decided to tell me the whole story. So then uh, I decided then that I had to make a full film with that. So I went seeking for funding. I, I couldn't get funding. I got in touch with uh, different places, including RTE. No one wanted to know about this. So I thought, okay, with the little resources that I have, which is my camera and my sound equipment, I'll go and finish this production myself. So uh, I, I finished doing all the interviews. I got in touch with more people from different institutions. And I then had to edit it myself because I didn't have a, I didn't have money to pay an editor. So that is Untold Secrets. It's, it's a very honest piece. It's very raw. It tells the story of different people. Yeah, it focuses in the life of Anne Silk, which I think is very important to, to highlight who were the abusers and what positions they held in within Ireland. And... So the movie was released in the film FLA uh, as the closing film uh, this year in, uh, in July. And uh, following the release, the film FLA got a solicitor's letter from the Kilali family basically threatening them that if they didn't take down all the promotion of the movie, uh, they would get sued. So the film flash reaction was, yeah, indeed, to take down the Q&As with the survivors and the, my interviews and whichever promotion was done directly with my movie, not with, like, say, if my movie was mentioned among other movies, it's there, but, like, anything to do with my movie by itself was taken down. So that created a lot of upset among the survivors because some of them traveled to Galway. Like, I mean, some of them are very old, you know, in their 80s, and, I mean, that didn't go well. And then, anyway, the movie was uh, selected by other festivals, and the same letter was sent to all the festivals. And then my surprise was when the movie was uh, screened as part of the Luxembourg British and Irish Film Festival, that they also received a letter. So basically, every festival that selected the movie got a letter. So eventually, the Irish Film uh, Institute, fair play to them, 
uh, got legal, legal advice and they wrote to me the legal advice that they received saying basically that the letter was a bluff and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the film and it could be shown. Now, by then, I had held about 15 or 20 interviews with different newspapers, different news journalists. Uh, nothing was published. The senior editors blocked every single interview, every single article. I approached all the radio stations. I got ignored by all of them. Uh, you name it, all the newspapers, TV shows, radio stations, a complete censorship, you know. So I decided then to create a Facebook page just for a documentary where I could post publicly. Uh, then I created a, a full web page for the film, and I decided to release the interviews that didn't make it to the film, uh, which I'm in the process. I've only released one, inter one interview because I'm, I'm very, very busy at the moment, you know, but I will use it as that platform. And then eventually I said, you know, I don't care anymore. I'm going public with the whole thing. And I started being very outspoken about everything, naming everybody. And because I have no shame, you know, I don't think I've done anything wrong. I think if anyone should be shameful is the state, the way they're treating this. And thankfully now I got a little bit of support from, uh, from one TD. And yeah, support, as I said, from the Irish Film uh, Institute. And a, a good few people in Facebook that are following me, and, and they've been brilliant, you know, because it's been very hard for three months trying to fight the system as one person is, is very difficult, you know. And uh, so that's where I am, Austin. You know, I know the film probably won't get broadcast, not in Ireland anyway, but uh, I did contact uh, a guy, John Talbot, fabulous editor, you know, that he is... Uh, it's given me a really, really good kind of friend price to, to bring the movie to a, to a full edit, you know. And I, I'm very grateful. He, he's part of the editing uh, team of the Young Offenders, and, and he's a fabulous person, and, and, you know, he's supporting me with a cause. So, you know, among all the darkness, there's a little bit of light, and hopefully, you know, people like yourself, guys, and, you know, the film festivals abroad can, can bring light to Anne and all the survivors, and, and let people know what really happened. Theresa, uh, to put things in context, you mentioned that uh, as a TD had come to your uh, aid. Yeah. I know my Irish listeners will know what a TD is, but from another perspective, TD is the equivalent of an NP in the Canadian context. Yeah. It's a member of Parliament, and... Uh, when you mentioned uh, Mark Killalay, Mark Killalay, of course, had been a TD, uh, and so there was a political overtones there, yeah. which I'm sure come into play. Um, yeah, not, uh, not also a TD. He was also an MEP, so he was a representative in the European Parliament. You know, so he was a minister in the European Parliament as well as a minister in Ireland. So he was the Minister of Communications, if I'm not mistaken. He was also funny enough because in the midst of all this, while I was filming the documentary, there was a, a a kind of a dinner party held in Clifton where 80 politicians and other people attended and that was done in memory of Mark Killalee during COVID restrictions, you know, mm -hmm. and that the papers, you know, so at the same time that Anne was dying from COPD and she was very sick, uh, Mark Killalee would have been glorified breaking COVID restrictions, you know. Uh, so it's just to put, the, like, just to put, like, everything into, you know, like, so the contrast of, of those two things is just, is, is just savage, you know. Um, 
So that's and Silk story and and related yeah. horror experiences. You mentioned there are some others as well, and yeah. talk about the the tomb babies. And I know, um, not that long ago, there was a similar type discovery here in Canada, and the Canadian government are um, confronting that issue with the First Nations. Um, yeah. So the being able to give a voice to some of these people, um, I guess, is something that they have not had the opportunity to do before, where somebody has sat down with them and said, here's, you talk, I listen. There has, and this is the funny thing, Austin. There was a commission of investigation that was opened uh, to, to hear these testimonies and to write them down and, and to have the full stories written down so they wouldn't be lost. And the Commission of Investigation report, uh, last year it was going to be blocked for 30 years, but then decided that they would open it up, you know. So only in, in 2020 now they've opened up and they published the whole document. It's a 3,000-page document that completely destroyed the testimonies of the survivors. Like, survivors would have gone and given their testimony, and some of them would have speak for very long, you know, just uh, giving their, the report, all the information, and their, their testimonies were edited down to one sentence, two sentences sometimes, you know. So you're talking about, like, all these people, not only that they're not getting the redress that they need, the babies are still in the tank after seven, seven years, nearly eight years, uh, and then the survivors, like, again, they get their, their testimonies edited, and then it's, it's been made published that a lot of it has been shredded. So it's, there's no way to, to, to just have any accurate information on what happens, you know, and people are getting older. Some of them are dying, as it is the case with Anne. She passed, unfortunately, in February, you know. But like Anne, many survivors, you know, are dying. So we're basically losing this very, very important part of Irish history just because the government is not ready to deal with it because of the people that are involved. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they have to own to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about people that had the money to pay for service, and they chose to get kids out of these foster homes or out of the mother and baby homes and actually treat them as slaves when they could actually afford to pay. I mean, that was the situation of many people. And, like, unfortunately, a lot of those people are still in power, or a lot of, a lot of friends of these people are still alive, you know, and they're making things very, very difficult. Even, I don't know if I'm talking too much, Justin, but I want to tell you this because I think it's very relevant. But uh, I got uh, a group of survivors asking me if we could screen the film uh, in tune, you know, so everyone could, could go and see it. And I got in touch with the Mall Theatre and Cinema in tune. This is a charity organization that has been funded by Galway County Council and is run uh, by, well, the chairman of the organization is run by a committee, the chairman being a guy called, called uh, Jarlett uh, Canny. And Jarlett asked me, say, I asked him, I said, will, will we be able to, to have a screening of the movie there uh, for the survivors? And he said, well, can you send me a DVD copy of the film? So I said, no, look, I don't have a DVD copy of the film, but I can send you a link with the password. 
and an NDA. An NDA is just a normal form that you sign. It's, it's called a non-disclosure agreement. Mm -hmm. Everyone mm -hmm. knows, and I'm sure knows. But anyway, he told me he didn't know what it was, so I explained what it was. And then a few days later, he wrote me an email saying, we're very disappointed that you didn't send uh, your DVD copy. We're not prepared to sign any NDAs. And I believe there's a dispute going with a member mentioned in the in your documentary and yourself so until that dispute is resolved we won't be able to screen the movie uh, so i told him like please enlighten me with who is that person because the only people mentioned are actually dead and i don't know how to how to use a ouija board i don't have any mediumship artifacts so you tell me how did this question started and how can i end it up like you know so anyway that was the end of it no screening in there And again, then I kind of realized that this guy is from Belclair, the same place as Mark Killely, a very tiny community, and I am sure they knew each other very well. So the nepotism and the cronyism still there, and it's just not going to happen, you know. And, and I guess, you know, to look at that in the bigger context, and I, mm. I, I um, it's a human thing, and I say that... Again, it's universal. All we have to do is look around the world, and the same is happening, and the same has happened. Yes. And uh, I guess that's really the the challenge, is to how can what is an individual story or a few individual stories, can somebody stand, stand outside of that and say, you know, yeah, these are individual stories, but I need to look around where I am and recognize that this has gone on and this does go on hmm. in Canada, in the U.S., in, in Spain, in everywhere. Spain, in Spain, in Italy, in the U.K., everywhere. So, everywhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the only... And the Pope, the Pope actually has to come and apologize because he is the head of the church and a lot of it was done from the, I think, from the from the councils, like local councils and governments, but also the church had a lot to do with it, you know. So, I but, mean, that is... But I think that the other thing to me that is more important is nothing can ever change hmm. if there's not a recognition that there's a need to change and that yeah. there was something wrong. And there yeah. a better way has to be found to do things. And that's yeah. uni that's universal as well. But as the one that is taking on the challenge of presenting the, the difficult story, I can understand the um, challenges that you are coming up against and yeah. how difficult it must be. Well, I got everything, Austin, from death threats to, as I said, all the censorship, all the threats in the world from, uh, from legal action. And the funny thing is, like, the Killerly family are threatening all the festivals, but they haven't sent me any letters mm -hmm. to this day. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is the frustrating thing, you know. Because, like, I mean, all they're trying to do is to stop the movie from, from viewing, you know. And, like, I made it very clear, and when Donna Killerly, because Donna Killerly is one of the contributors in the movie, and he's Mark Killerly's son, and he actually was the one that gave me the other side of the story. Because when I interviewed Anne, All she gave me was the date of death and the story of the family. But when Donna Killali, uh, when I interviewed Donna Killali and he started giving me a lot of information about his dad and his granddad, then is when I realized, my God, this is the actual family. So I put both pieces together. I reviewed Anne's 
uh, interview from back to front, and I rang Donna Killali and I said, Donna, you have to come over to my house and you have to have a look at what I have because it's very important and I have the moral duty to show you. Mm-hmm. So he came to my house with his sister and he took a few notes and he told me, okay, uh, just give me a few weeks, you know, I'm going to bring this to my family, you know, and I'll come back to you. And he didn't come back to me, uh, so I just kind of, I was very persistent and eventually he did say to me that they weren't going to say anything. So I said, okay, fair enough. You know, I had my release form, so I was going to put the other part of the interview. I wasn't happy because I don't like a kind of a biased documentary. I would mm-hmm. have liked it non-biased, but I couldn't find the, the balance because no one in the other side would come in front of the camera. But then to my surprise, like, because I understand Donna Kilali wasn't even born when these things were happening to Anne. He just happened to be, to be Mark Kilali's son. Mm-hmm. But what surprised me was the threat to the festivals trying to cover it. Because if my father was a child abuser, you know, or someone is saying, your dad is is a child abuser, I wouldn't try and and, uh, brush it under the carpet. I would try and say at least, okay, I didn't know my father was like this. To me, he was a loving father. I respect the testimony of this woman, and I'm very sorry, but there is nothing to do with me because I didn't do anything. And that is fair enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. that, that would have been perfect. But the fact that he, they're, they're trying, like, you know, so bad to censor the movie, and this, even the full establishment, even the papers, the radios, everything is trying to, to stop it. There is when I get, like, what is going on here? Why mm-hmm. is this happening? Mm-hmm. And then I wrote to uh, Ryan Tuberty, a couple of times I wrote to his radio show, I wrote to the Late Late Show, and I wrote to him personally, and I was ignored. And then I see Liam Neeson in the Late Late Show at the same time that all this going, this is going, just saying that he's going to make a production on the Chewing Babies, which is fabulous, it's fantastic, because he will get to a big audience. But what I don't understand is why giving so much, so much attention to a production that has not been started when you have a documentary that has just premiered, that is there, that has the real voices of the survivors, and is being censored by the country, that is, you know, oh, it's, 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 it's just so difficult, you know. Teresa, we better wrap it up. And um, okay. I, think, I think ultimately what's going to happen is that the screening abroad will attract the attention that will ultimately, I guess, force the screenings in Ireland. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, Austin. Thank you so much for giving me this time to talk to you. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, in, uh, like, I mean, in behalf of the survivors, you know, I'm sure they're delighted, you know, that they get a little bit of a, of a space here in the radio, like, you know, with you guys and, and can, you know, at least people can watch the story, like, you know, as part of the, the film festival there. Indeed. Teresa, thanks a million and have a safe journey. Thanks, Austin. Take care. Lovely meeting you. Take care.